I'm Marco Werman, and this is The World. When Russia was bidding for the Winter Olympics back in 2007, President Vladimir Putin took the unusual step of addressing the International Olympic Committee in English. Russia is ready to host the Winter Olympic and Paralympic Games in 2014. The Olympic family is going to feel at home in Sochi. A lot's happened in the past five years. Putin was just elected president again, and the Black Sea Resort of Sochi is barreling ahead on construction for the 2014 Olympics. Putin called the Games a dream for Russians, but as Julia Barton reports from Sochi, it's becoming a nightmare for some residents there. Katya Davidenko sits with a group of students who study English at a college in Sochi. She says she's excited for the day when thousands of athletes and spectators from around the world will descend on her hometown. You know, uh, before Olympic Games were announced, I felt like I will leave this city and go and live in someone, somewhere else. But now when I see what's happening here, I obviously will stay here. But not all the students share Davidenko's enthusiasm. Diana Kozlova recently got married but says rents are going up now and she can't afford to start a family. The local people in Sochi can't live here because uh, life in Sochi is very expensive, very expensive. Whether Sochi is getting better or worse as a result of the Olympics, one thing is certain. This once sleepy resort town will never be the same. Almost every corner of Sochi now bears the marks of massive construction. New hotels and condos sprout from the hillsides. The government is building new highways and some 30 miles of light rail. The construction requires multiple tunnels through solid rock. Sochi's facelift has officially cost the Russian government at least $10 billion. And state-controlled companies like Gazprom have spent billions more constructing hotels and resorts in the area. Russia has pledged that Sochi 2014 will be the greenest Olympics yet. But the environmental groups Greenpeace and World Wildlife Fund have already pulled out of an agreement to monitor the construction. They say the government largely ignored their recommendations. They're especially concerned about unofficial dumps springing up in Sochi. Tatiana Skiba lives in the hills above the new Olympic ice skating and hockey arenas. One night last April, she and her neighbors were awoken by a terrible noise. Their houses shook as if in an earthquake. In fact, it was a landslide. Skiba's house was knocked off its foundations. The city gave the community some money to build new homes, but those houses have started sinking at strange angles. The ground is still moving, and residents now blame a large dump up the hill. They say trucks bring loads of concrete rubble there every day. City officials say there's no connection between that and the sinking of their homes, but Sochi has seen an increase in landslides since Olympic construction began. Meanwhile, Skiba and her neighbors are stuck here, in their tilted houses above the gleaming Olympic Park. We have this joke among us on the street, she says. By the time the Olympics start, we won't have to buy tickets. We'll have already slid down there. At least Skiba still lives in her old neighborhood. About a thousand Sochi families have had to move because of the Olympics. That number of evictions is small compared with other places that have hosted recent mega sports events. The UN Human Rights Council found that the 2008 Beijing Olympics prompted at least 6,000 evictions. In a statement, the International Olympic Committee writes that it takes the issue of relocation very seriously. Quote, 
a certain number of relocations have been necessary for the construction of Olympic venues, and Sochi 2014 and the government has assured us that people are being fairly compensated in line with Russian law. While the IOC says they've met with some of the displaced families in Sochi, they have not spoken with one man who's been in a standoff with authorities. My name is Alexey. My surname is Kravets.、Uh, house is number sixty-five, and flat is number six. Alexey Kravets has been living in one room of his house on the Black Sea coast. He's been without water, gas, or electricity for five months since the city demolished the rest of his neighborhood to make way for a new rail yard. His cinder block house is surrounded by mud and rubble, and he's painted slogans like "IOC help" and "SOS" in red on all the windows. In the evening, a backhoe comes up to the house and starts to scrape the concrete, just to pressure me psychologically. Kravets says, "If I left the place for like 15 minutes, they'd tear it down right away." Kravets says the backhoes have damaged the walls, and he's afraid the house could collapse on him. He's refused the government's offer of an apartment three miles from the coast. He's a lawyer, and he's appealed to Russian and European courts for help, but has gotten no ruling. We never asked for anything from the state, Kravets says. We built the house all by ourselves, and now the state is taking it away from us. Kravets pulls out a small laptop and shows a video he made. Recently, he put some of his belongings into a metal storage unit behind his house, hoping to save them from demolition. Construction workers immediately showed up with a crane to take the unit away. Where do you work? Kravets demands of the supervisor. Where are your orders to remove my things? We're building the Olympic facilities, the man says. Kravets again asks for court papers. The man brushes him off. It's a government decision, the man says. For the world, I'm Julia Barton, Sochi.